0: Hey, everybody, this is Brandon with Two Thirty Eight Media, and I'm going to be talking today about a subject that I have been discussing with some of my friends, oneness and Trinitarians alike. What really surprises me is that when you do with the more finer parts, points of uh, Christiological composition, I have found that there is a deficit of understanding as it relates to the incarnate nature of Jesus Christ. Now, of course, I'm oneness, so I will speak from a oneness viewpoint. But what I have found uh, that as oneness believers, sometimes we have a habit that just because a Trinitarian says it, it must mean that it's wrong. And I find not necessarily probably one of the areas of theological overlap that we will see most with our Trinitarian counterparts will be seen within the area of the Incarnation. I'm not saying completely, uh, but I would say from a compositional operational standpoint, we have a lot in common. And one of the things uh, that we have in common is diatholitism. Now, I know there are some variations of oneness believers who do not hold a diatholitite kind of viewpoint. They almost sound like a oneness version of Apollinarianism. But for the most part, even if we don't use the language that is called ditholitism, if you listen to us roughly describe what we're saying, it's ditholitism. Uh, and ditholitism is a name given uh, to those. Orthodox Christians in the 7th century who held that there were two wills that existed within the nature of Jesus Christ. Uh, As apostolic Pentecostals, we believe this, that there was a will according to his flesh, and usually we say flesh, we're talking about his human nature uh, and his divine nature. So we believe that entirely Jesus Christ was truly human and truly divine. It's not helpful to say 100% God and 100% man, like like one can have percentages of something. Uh, And the main reason this was articulated within the uh, this, uh, the Third Ecumenical Council of Constantinople, which was uh, in 680, was because there was a group of individuals called monothelitites who uh, espoused an idea that there was only one will within the nature of Christ. And a quick note about this group is that this was an ancient heretical sect, which is first spoken of in the writings of St. John of Damascus in the middle of the 8th century, but which may be traced back to Severus uh, that deposed the patriarch of Antioch, who flourished in the first half of the 7th century. Uh, he founded Monophysitism, uh, and some fragments of his writing, which uh, we have. Now this really can't be proven, some are just espousing, but maybe it has early roots. Either way, as an apostolic Pentecostal from a Christological worldview, I would have to say I disagree with it because it's not biblical. Uh, and why is it so important as apostolic Pentecostals to understand ditholatism? Is because as a oneness believer that believes that God, the Father, was incarnate in Christ, reconciling the world into himself, The only way that you can truly overcome the argument that is God praying to himself, he would have to have two wheels. And I would argue that in order to have two wheels, one would have to have two minds and two forms of consciousness, uh, which I believe are composite of the one consciousness. Uh, But what what we see here is that this uh, the month? Uh, monophyllites were saying that there was only one will in the nature of Jesus Christ. That's problematic, especially when you look at the high priestly prayers of Jesus Christ, when he says, not my will be done. I believe that's a reflection of the human will, uh, submitting to the divine will. So I'm not the biggest fan of heralding church councils because I don't believe they hold any apostolic authority according to the scriptures, uh, but I do believe their conclusion in this instance about there being compositionally two wheels within the nature of Jesus Christ is completely uh tenable with oneness Pentecostal theology now the best way that I can uh explain to the two minds view because we have to accept with humility that when it comes to who Jesus was that we are dealing with a case study of humanity that does not exist in this form in any other way uh the best way we can have to even remotely relate from a relational standpoint is uh consciousness and subconsciousness now we can see the operation of our what we would call our primary consciousness and subconscious and we can uh Identify two different modes of operation within the our consciousness uh, that we would call sub and uh, primary consciousness, but there is only one consciousness, uh, and this is what I would see. Dialectalism is, uh, and it's interesting enough, as much as Trinitarians many times try to get away from the word of uh, uh, modes that. What you will find in some of the articulation, uh, I, I'm going to quote it again, two wheels and two natural modes of operation united with each other without opposition or change so that no antagonism can be found to disease between them, but a constant subjection of the human will to the divine. It's interesting they use that word mode because mode is, is, is more common to us as monotheism. As, uh, as as they would call modalist. So I'm going to actually, I think I'm going to incorporate the language of this, because what's funny to me is that when I explain uh, ditholitism to even Trinitarian apologists, they will go right forward and say, that's Nestorianism. And it never ceases to amaze me, because as long as they know that you're a modalist, they don't care what your answer is. It's going to be wrong even when you're quoting word from word from uh, one of their sources. And this is on my logos, 10, by the way. So, hey, please let me know what you think. Rate, share, and subscribe. And as always, it is the whole gospel to the whole world.